This is Handbook Podcast. And I'm Megan Griffin. And I'm Elle Ricardi. I feel like we finally get sex, so we get very serious. It also would help if I do this and put my mic in front of my face. <laughs> do you want to do that again? No, it's fine. It was recording. It just might be really quiet at first. <laughs> Okay, so this is it, guys. We finally have sex. Can you tell how excited we are? The book lost its virginity. It did. We are probably 40% of the way through. I have no idea how to gauge. And we finally had sex between the two, like, least sexy chapters you could have. Yeah, there was a... So, when we left them last week, they had met up in the hallway, and they'd both, like, kind of admitted but not admitted they were into each other. And she was like, all right, give me 20 minutes and meet me on the seventh floor, which they're doing construction on. And then she goes and hangs out with an old lady with Alzheimer's, which was sad. Yeah. And then we go back to sexy times. And then we go to cancer times. It's just weird pacing. Like, it felt like she had some momentum. And then she just threw it all out so that she could do, like, a weird thing where we're reminded, like, if you didn't remember that these people were doctors, we're gonna go to a chapter to remind you they're yeah. the, that they're doctors. And also maybe to remind you that Caden's not a total dickhead. Because, like, in, very early in the book, he leaves chocolate for all the cancer patients. Remember that? Isn't yeah. he such a swell guy? So before we get into the book, we should probably discuss some of the court case. Yeah, we've been talking about doing this for a bit, and we've both just been, like, kind of done with whatever we were reading, but we did actually want to just give a quick breakdown of what went on at the end of July. Felina backed down from her trademark after a pre-trial hearing? Yeah, so I knew this was kind of done when we started, but I wasn't sure exactly what happened. And I just assumed that the courts found it ridiculous and threw it out. But that doesn't seem to be what the case actually was. Uh, There is a video on her YouTube that you can watch. It's about a minute and a half of her talking about how she dropped the court case. And I was like, is this her trying to spin what happened? You know, because I truly thought that the courts made a ruling on this. And it turns out they did not. Um, so whoever told her to drop this case was smart. <laughs> she sued Tara Crescent, mm-hmm. a woman named Jennifer Watson, who had, was the publicist for what became the Cocktails Anthology. That's like the Cocky Collective. They put together the book series or the anthology book. 10% of the proceeds went to the legal aid of people who um, Felina had sent a cease and desist letter to for using the term cocky in their titles. Right. And 90% of the proceeds went to the Romance Writers of America, who also do general advocacy. Right. And so Jennifer Watson was one of the people that she sued. And then this guy, Kevin Newper, who I think is the most interesting uh, individual in the situation, although Tara Crescent, not exactly what she seems either. 
Yeah, she's she was also, if you go back and listen to, I think it was like our, I don't know if it was our first book, our first few chapters, or when we read the first, the preview of the first book, but we talked a little bit about Cocky Gate, but Tara was part of that group that is all very sketchy. So, so I'll go down, because I spent some time sort of trying to put this, like, sort of cast of characters together we all know who felina is right we now know who jennifer watson is she was immediately you know as most people would be like you can't copyright the word cocky for use in a romance novel tara crescent is also an author she writes what we call mfm meaning polyamory i believe that's what it refers to I'm honestly not sure if that's what it means or if it's supposed to be another thing for love triangles or like there's definitely going to be a threesome. But this is something that was really, really um, important to this entire case, though, which is that she published a book using the word cocky. And when she published it, it was a book about at the very least three people rather than two people. And it's obvious from the cover that it's about three people. Right. And yet Felina sued her anyways for essentially infringing on her trademark claim saying that she can't use the word cocky. And the whole reason she wanted to trademark the word cocky was because she was worried that readers and consumers would get other people's books mixed up with her cocky series Tara's important, though, because it's one of the only authors that she actually fully, like, sued, not just sent a cease and desist letter to. Tara and Felina were also part of this book clicker chat, and apparently Tara and Felina, according to evidence that was produced during this trial, had talked about cross-pollinating in terms of selling each other's books. Right, they were friendly. Prior to her writing or publishing this cocky book. So Felina's whole case was based on the idea that there was it was a bad faith titling based on the idea that Tara felt that she could sort of ride Felina's notoriety for the cocky series by publishing something in with the with the word cocky in the title and sell it based on the reader confusion right which it's hard to say one way or another but Tara Crescent did know that the cocky series existed it was doing pretty well she knew how well Felina was doing so you know, I guess that's reasonable on Felina's part. But that brings me to the third person that Felina sued, who I think <laughs> is the most interesting. His name is Kevin Newper. He is actually a retired intellectual property lawyer who writes his own books that are published on Amazon. They're called They Who Fell and The Restricted Fantasies. I couldn't really figure out what they were. I didn't bother looking too far into them. But he's the most interesting because he actually is involved in a lot of other similar trademark cases. So is he basically the person that goes around and is like, okay, because I know the law, I'm going to get involved here to help out? Or are we talking like, this is really sketchy that he's involved in a bunch of these things? I think it's more the former, but as with everything, there's a little bit of a gray area. But he did provide, I, I went through his Twitter mostly looking for things that pertain to cocky gate, but I found out there's a very similar case going on in the fantasy world. And he said something in reference to that case that I think actually is boiling down what's so screwed up about what Felina was trying to do. This guy named Michael Scott Earle writes these books. The three that are named are The Destroyer, Tamer, and Dragon Slayer, which if you know anything about fantasy, those are three things that people talk about a lot. Right. He filed four trademark requests, essentially, for those three titles, plus the use of an axe-wielding figure on the cover of a novel, 
Which oh, is insane. No. no, no. He actually backed off off of that last one, but he's still pursuing the other ones, the title trademarks. And Kevin Newper put it really, really well. He said it's what he said boiled down to it's less that Michael Scott Earl wants to protect his intellectual property, because if somebody was actually ripping off his intellectual property, that's pretty easy to defend. The example he used is if somebody puts out a book called like Duel of Crowns, we're all going to know it's a Game of Thrones ripoff and you can go after somebody like that. Sure. So if he has a book called Tamer and somebody comes out with a book called Subduer and it's the <laughs> same thing, it's easy enough to go after. Right. He wants to trademark those terms in order to protect his SEO and search result ranking. That makes sense. Which I think is also what's going on with Felina. It's less that she thinks she has a right to the word cocky and more that when somebody types the word cocky into these search engines, she wants to be the only thing that comes up. That makes a lot of sense. I've viewed this whole thing as like, um, because she was definitely doing the trends. I don't think we have any like formal proof because it's not like we have a list of the trends to back up her books, but it's a lot of like, I'm doing this thing without thinking of the repercussions until the repercussions hit me. And yeah, SEOs are very important to small businesses, to podcasts, to self-published writers. So that makes a lot of sense. Unfortunately, she's now completely gathered bad press. And I am curious... It's tough because yeah. it's really hard when you've worked, um, because I do, I do marketing during the day. I'm not super great at it, but I know the basics of SEO. It's really, really hard. And it's tough when you feel like somebody else could just ride your hard work because I've also ridden other people's hard work. I've been like, ah, this is the first search result. When I type this in, what do they have on their website that I can copy and paste and put on our website? So we pop up for that search result, which granted Google does look at now and i'm sure amazon has similar um right similar ai essentially that will look for you know copies essentially right. but it's still really really sketchy that she she essentially filed a trademark request or wanted to have a trademark on something specifically to protect her search results because that's what this boils down to i don't think anybody really thought that I don't think she at any point thought, oh, people are going to get confused and think that this Tara Crescent book is part of the cocky series. Especially given I looked at the the one specifically here is the is her cocky doctors. And it is very clear a woman in a man's arms with another man next to them. It doesn't look anything like Felina's covers. It doesn't look the fonts are different if i remember correctly like there's no way you, you really really got to be not paying attention to get them confused and that was something that the court brought up in this hearing which was they essentially said that felina hopkins is arguing that she has an unsophisticated consumer base and that's not true right because as megan just pointed out and you're not really super into the romance authors of kindle world you can tell <laughs> the difference between the two of them so can i exactly and i think that what felina what i mean when i say she's trying to protect her search results she is worried that if something else is called cocky and somebody types in cocky looking for her stuff and something else right. comes up ahead of her stuff they're gonna buy that instead right 
It's, yeah, it's not a matter of protecting her readers. It's capturing new people. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. So there's nothing wrong with that. There is, you know, there are so many authors in today's world that like you got to do what you got to do to make sure you find a reader space. And there's nothing wrong with wanting these things. It is a matter of how you go about doing them that becomes quite problematic. And prior to this whole court case, Felina seemed to have some smart business decisions. Like I, I mean, honestly, I'd never heard of from her, of her, but I also am not of the Kendall unlimited romance world. That's not my, where I go to find books for the most part. You're not her reader base. Exactly. And and there's that's neither here nor there. Like, I'm not trying to say anything about that. But a, a lot of what she did that wasn't the book stuffing, illegal crap, is smart. Like, her website is actually very well put together. Her idea of having her actor or her cover guy's do YouTube videos as their characters while it is very weird because I watched them after you mentioned it and I got about 20 seconds into one that was like only maybe two and a half minutes and I was like no I can't do this because I just read a sex scene with you and now I'm supposed to be sitting watching you who doesn't quite match up with what I'm picturing this guy in the book talk to your sister it's very strange. But, yeah. If these are things that came out prior to the book coming out, there's it's no different than like book trailers and things like that. It, she has had a smart game plan. I have no idea what the game plan is now. Or she'll continue releasing books. Or she'll wait a year or so for it to calm down. No idea what's going to happen here. Because there have not been any new cocky books since we started looking into this. Well, she's probably got to write something soon because... She didn't put out anything in August. I can't remember. When did Cocky Surgeon come out? Because, yeah, again, we are reading the latest book that she's put out. It came out April 20th. Okay. So... (laughs) Am I too innocent that I didn't even think of that? And just to double check on her Goodreads, there is no... There's... I don't know when these collection things came out. There's apparently a collection of bonus scenes. Maybe that's the most recent thing. But the point being, um, she posted she something for Mother's Day. Since this whole thing happened. Right. The whole point was that she was churning these out like once a month. Which um, you have to do in order to remain relevant based right. on everything that we've read. If you're not releasing something every month on the Kindle Unlimited system, you're going to drop. Your book won't be on there after 30 days. Right. So... You can find the court transcripts online if you're like me and you like reading legal documents. They're fascinating. Uh, But what it boils down to is that Felina really rushed this court case. They did really no research. Not even into, like, the people that she was suing. The part that I read, at one point, the, um, her lawyer, Cardillo. Mm Mm-hmm. Cardillo? Cardillo? I'm going to say Cardillo. I think Cardillo, um, Cardillo sounds better. he says, you know, he, he alleges the bit about how Tara Crescent definitely knew how Felina was doing with the cocky series and 
there was no way she couldn't have known because of the offers of cross-pollination that they had done with each other. Right. And he couldn't even tell you what exhibit it was. It took him a minute. The judge was like, can you show me this evidence? And he was like, I think it's this one. I would not be surprised if her lawyer was like, this didn't go well. And I'm not going to lie. We, This court case could have gone on for another three years because there had to be discovery. There had to be evidence and all these other really boring, boring lawyer things that my guess is her lawyer was like, we won't win. So you might as well just drop it before you lose. And end Go up having another pay. book. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't our lawyer because he would have made a lot of money off of this. But. But yeah, some of the quotes. Um, the court you are arguing, looking at exhibits one and four. Cocky roomy is an adjective. Correct. The court. And cocky's Mother's Day is what? Miss Lackman. Cocky Mother's Day. Cocky describes the contents of the book. It is an adjective that it is descriptive of the book. The court. I don't see that. Let's talk about Exhibit 4, Cocky Mother's Day. There is no connection between Cocky and Mother's Day. Miss Slackman. There may very well be. I haven't read the book, Your Honor, but there is an impression or suggestion here that based on the image that is shown, based on the genre, Cocky's Mother's Day refers to some event on Mother's Day or relating to Mother's Day or mothers themselves that might involve some male prowess. Prowess. So this in and of itself, I, Miss Lackman, I think, is also a lawyer. Okay. Miss Lackman represented Tara Crescent. Right. I only remember this because her first name is Eleanor. Um, is her name Eleanor? That's really cool. Very cool. So, it's all a confusing mess. Like, to have been in the court that day probably would have been hilarious. But they kept having to argue over whether or not cocky is a descriptive term. Yes. and But I think that that is something that also gets at the heart of the problem with Felina, is that she definitely also wanted to trademark it in order to protect her search results, because she knows that, like cocky something is something that people certain people who read romance novels are into like having swagger being a cocky guy she was also hoping she would be the only thing that would pop up if anybody wanted to read a story about a cocky guy right and it is worth noting that she did not start calling this the cocky series until after the trademark it was always the cocker brothers which if she had tried to of atlanta if she had tried to register that that would be one thing which I still think she should. I think she has Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So. But that wouldn't help her gather new readers and new clicks. No, because I'm not going to Google the word cocker. Yeah. Well, maybe I will. I don't know. Actually, that's a lie. All Both of us have Googled the word cocker so many times at this point, Meg. That's very true. That is very true. So. I don't know. The. There's also discussion of how, like cocky isn't like a romance genre term it's more of like a theme yeah like basically they're trying to prove the point of like it's not a common romance genre thing and this is why it should be okay for her to copyright it it's it's the transcripts truly are fascinating because well i just find legal proceedings to actually be interesting but 
the amount that they're reaching in this pre-trial or pre... I think the whole point of this actual court case was to stop, to try to get an injunction against the anthology that was coming out, which was denied. And whether or not to proceed going forward with anything involving the copyright. So the amount of reaching that was going on during this, it is very clear why it got dropped. Yeah. She didn't have a very good leg to stand on. And no, not at all. It's still, I'm glad that you're saying it was dropped because I couldn't really find one way or another. Like she said, I've dropped it, but there was at the end of the court, if you read the court proceedings or like the, the court documents, they set a date to have a council meeting on the 7th. She didn't drop it until later. So this happened. I can't remember what date it actually went to court. Let me see if it's on here. It looked like it was the end of July. June 1st, she officially went to oh, court. Wow. So they, and then it was like, I think 90 days before the next court case. Sorry, before the next time they'd meet up. I can't think of what that's actually called. But yeah, they went to court June 1st and in July she dropped it. So, so my guess is the more that they dug into what they were trying to do, they started to realize like you, this, this doesn't work. You can't do this. This doesn't make any sense. So there's nothing wrong with copywriting terms. Again, if she had copy, she should copyright the Cocker Brothers of Atlanta. It's okay to copyright things that are your actual intellectual property. Right. Harry Potter is a copyrighted term. You can't write a book called Harry Potter. No. Unless you're writing, I don't know, probably if you're writing a historical biography of an actual person named harry potter but even then it's still gonna get messy i am curious how things like the off-broadway musical the puffs end up getting produced and making money if they have to kick some of that back to jk rowling absolutely i mean you can use most intellectual properties you just have to pay for the use right that's why we use royalty-free music at the beginning of our podcast yes exactly so that nobody can ever get in touch with us and say, you're using my stuff without paying for it. Exactly. So I'm looking really quick to see if she's actually updated her. Um, she has not. She's been a lot of radio silence since it happened. Yeah. Hopefully she's writing a new book. You know. Because if, if we've learned anything from this whole situation, it's that nobody was really a good person here no she she reacted stupidly to a bad situation if that's enough reason to hate her go right ahead i don't particularly think of her one way or the other uh there are days i'm super worried i'm going to run into her on the subway it's not like lanny serum where she still walks around acting like she deserved that yes selena hopkins back down yeah she at least has a better head on her shoulders than than Lanny Serum does, who has not been radio quiet, but goddamn, I really expected some announcement of the, like, we are in the later half of 2018, and there's still no news about this movie, and there's still no news about book two. And yeah, this is literally, like, the one year, it's right around the one year anniversary when this whole thing was happening. Nor has there been anything about her actually writing book two, like... I follow a lot of authors to the point that, like, even my Twitter has a, f- like, section that's like, here's what's going on in the author world today. Like, authors you book don't follow. Twitter. Book Twitter. Yeah. 
And I have never seen any other author not talk about what she's working on. Like, Lanny's feed is um, almost entirely about promoting this book. And and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with promoting your book. But, like, in contrast, Victoria Schwab literally just had a book come out a week ago. Um, City of Ghosts. It's wonderful. Go read it. She has another book coming out later this month. The sequel to Vicious. I was about to say the sequel to Vengeful, but that's the actual name of the book. Uh, which is going to be amazing. And yet she is still working on three other books right now. And she talks about it all the time. The only two things in the past month for Lanny Sarum and Google News search results are regarding her continued stint with Wizard World. So she may have actually just faded on into obscurity. Yep. It is what most people want. They want her to go away. I would be kind of bummed because it's like almost been a year that I've spent with Lanny and her ridiculous work. Well, fortunately, I mean, if you really wanted, you could just all switch it to Felina because she's got 18 books. <laughs> no, because I really like. <laughs> this is a great segue into how this bad is so cocky heart surgeon bad. is. It's so bad. Finally had sex. And I'm disappointed. So let's start with chapter 16. Do we have to? Yes, because I want to rant yet again about how the times of these books make no sense. I just want to throw this out there just to tie up what we said before. I mean, I'm sure this isn't the last time that we'll discuss legal proceedings. I think Kevin Duper himself is a really, really interesting figure that I'm going to do some more research yeah, on outside here. of the context of Felina. And maybe look at this Michael Scott Earl guy and his destroyer series about axe wielding figures yeah maybe that's someone else we need to add to our list Um, can you imagine having the cojones to decide that you're a fantasy author and you're gonna trademark the term dragon slayer i just yeah of all things and you're not even like shit like i don't read a ton of fantasy but I could still probably name five fantasy authors off the top of my head, and you are not one of them, dude. I can name five fantasy authors that write books about dragons, and he's not <laughs> one of them. Oh, uh, I just... Honestly, when he... When I read that, I was like, is Patricia C. Wright gonna come out and do something? She's dealing with dragons, talking with dragons. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I wonder if she tried to sue George R. R. Martin for A Dance with Dragons. I feel like you can't copyright dragons or slaying them. You shouldn't be able to drag it, like copyright anything. Like if she, so this is a really good example of how you can copyright things though. Dragon Slayer is a generic term that he should not be allowed to right. copyright. Patricia C. Wright, her first book in her series was dealing with dragons. They're a really wonderful uh, young adult series from when I was a kid about princesses and dragons. That one, she can copyright the title format. Yes. So if somebody, she writes dancing, or she writes, uh, it was dealing with dragons, talking with dragons, I forget what the other ones were. She can do ex-verbing with dragons. Right. She can copyright that, because if somebody else writes a book called Conversing with Dragons, they are obviously ripping her right. off. She's not gonna trademark, I don't know, princesses on covers of books with dragons, because that's a really common thing. Even though it's on the cover of her books, she can't trademark that. Right. Oh, so, like, the Court of Thorns and Roses series can probably do 
a court of blank and blank. Patricia C. Reed. I'm so sorry. It's W-R-E-D-E, Patricia C. Reed. I highly recommend her books. I enjoyed them immensely as a 12-year-old. I'm so sorry. I just got her name wrong like a million times. In my defense, it was a W-R name. There you go. That's fine. Okay. Anyways, Patricia C. Reed, Dealing with Dragons. Good example. Great books. Don't read Michael Scott Earl books, apparently, because he thinks he should own the term Dragon Slayer. I'm now looking up his Michael C. Earl. Scott Scott Earl. Earl. And it's E-A-R-L-E. The first thing that pops up for him is like the fourth book down. So his Goodreads SEO is not even good. Okay, this is not important. So we are about 40% way done with this book after this week. All right, now we can, I've been putting off talking about this yeah. sex, because the sex is bad, everybody, but here we go. So, we don't have to talk a lot about 16. What you need to know is that Elizabeth, what she did before she went to meet Caden is that she looked in on her patient, um, which this took me a minute because they do work in the ER. Do you have a ghost? No, something was probably just poorly stacked in my... Uh... <laughs> dish rack and it fell over i love that you say no and that you totally did it as where i would have been like there's a ghost i need to move well i think there's a ghost but i can't he doesn't like it when i talk Uh, i I get that i get that so anyways elizabeth goes to visit mrs thorpe who at first i was like you why are you visiting this patient you work in an er and then we find out she fell and broke a bone but her hip but here's the thing she would not still be in the er they would have checked her into a division of the hospital the you don't stay long term in the er the er is where you stay until they can check you officially into a hospital so you don't spend days in the er so this woman has alzheimer's and one of the things i actually did want to talk a little bit about this chapter because it's another moment where Felina decides to put a weird political commentary into it. Yeah. So Mrs. Thorpe is an older woman. She's got Alzheimer's, but one of the only things she remembers is that she apparently marched with Martin Luther King Jr. Which again, this is roughly 2030. This woman, to have marched at the least would have been like, what, 18? So age-wise, yes, she should still be alive. It's just, It's just weird. I would expect someone like my grandmother. Let's just let's just do the math here real quick and figure out how old she would be. Because let's say the youngest she could be is 14. Okay. And the Selma March, I'm going to look up the exact date, was in 1965. Meaning she would have been born in 1950, which means she's exactly my dad's age. My dad is currently 68 this year. And in another 25 years. Right. I mean, like I said, it is perfectly natural that he, like, she would still be alive and functioning. I guess I should say 20 and... years. I forgot that it's 2018. So she'd be 88. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that doesn't... But then there's another comment. <laughs> it's not necessarily wrong. It's just that, like, how many 15, 14, 15-year-olds were marching in back then? Like, this is someone who would have been at her... At the very youngest. But this is definitely someone and who's probably in And remember that we're operating on, like, you know? the far reaches of possibility at this point, because this is also assuming that it's about 2030, 
but we know that it could be more like 2035, almost 2040, based on what we know about Caden and his experience. And this is assuming right. that she's the youngest possible age she could reasonably be to go march with Martin Luther King and survive a police beating that exactly. she describes. It's just a lot of, like, Felina basically taking a lair and stopping time, and, and this is what I would expect my great-grandparents that are in the the um, nursing home to be talking about. Not what my grandmother, who in, you know, 20 years... Actually, I don't know if she will be. My grandmother is 71 and still gets out and does, like, five miles a day. And I have no idea how she does it, but it's amazing. So, like, yeah, in 20 years when she's in her 90s, she'll probably still be doing the same thing. But that, you know her late husband fought in Vietnam, that kind of stuff. It should be that kind of generation, the the Vietnam or talking about what you did during um, the, the cold war or when the, was it the challenger that blew? Well, this is, this is 1965. This is like just barely pre Vietnam era. Right. What, wait, what was in the seventies? Was that Korea? No, Korea is the 1950s, and it goes Vietnam, which stretches okay. mid-60s into mid-70s At the by the time we got out of there. Right. The 80s. Or Nixon. Tell me what you were doing about Nixon. Tell me what you were doing during Talk Desert Storm. Talk about where Storm. you were when the wall fell. There are... When the wall fell, that's perfect. There are a lot of ways to make this age gap that should be there that is very not. And... I will say Helena does a good job. There's no, like, mention of iPhones or any technology necessarily of today. And so maybe you, if you took away things like this historical nod, you could almost claim that these are timeless and that they work. But by adding in this little tidbit, it's like a shove in your face of, like, what year is this supposed to be? that frustrated me with it is it's yeah it's it's another moment where it's like i feel like felina's philosophizing for no reason so i just want to read this bit she starts talking about how she mrs thorpe is talking about how she marched with him nurse gabby enters the room as mrs thorpe recounts the tales for us i was on the pettis bridge when those state highway patrolmen beat us in march of 1965 it was so frightening it didn't make no kind of sense And two weeks later, you know what I did? I walked beside 3,000 people all the way from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama. I'd never seen anything like it. We weren't alone, you see. There were thousands waiting when we we arrived at the Alabama State Capitol, excited to hear what Martin Luther was going to say. I waited with bated breath, too. Gabby whispers, cradle of the Confederacy. I still can't believe it was that recent that people were drinking from different fountains. Absurd, I sigh. But staring off Mrs. Thorpe smiles, all of us using our voices together... The Voting Rights Act was signed that August, and President Johnson handed Martin Luther the pen. Now that was a victory. One of the proudest moments of my life. Even more than having my children, and I'm not afraid to say it. We changed the future by standing up against something that just wasn't right. I'd take the beating again. We showed them. We changed the world. So again, there's no way she was under the age of, like, 25. Like, So... I feel really, really weird about her including this passage because, to me at least, it seems preachy. 
Felina is not from the South. She lived there for, I think, 18 months. And it this does feel very much like, remember how much the South sucks? I don't read it as that. I'm reading this as Felina acting like a bootstrapper Gen Xer. Like, we took the beating and we really? do it again. Look at us, all of us using our voices together. Mmm... Mm, this this feels a little bit like well if people today could get their shit together like they did back then at least that's how i read it like the one i think it's schmaltzy because i think that every interaction they have with any of the patients is schmaltzy it doesn't really read like actual dialogue if you've ever actually been around someone who has alzheimer's or dementia my family has an issue with it this isn't really the sort of narrative that you get for the most part and if she's forgetting whole days at this point, she's already far along. Like, this is this is surprisingly lucid, but also doesn't really sound like the way anybody would talk. Right. And it's just... The language that she uses... I take the beating again. We showed them. We changed the world. I don't know. To me, this feels like yet another moment in which Felina is, just like she did with the insurance thing, trying to talk about... I feel like she's commenting on something. I'm not totally sure what she's commenting on, but to me, it feels preachy about the way that we carry out protests and the uh 21st century i'll give you that that sounds right that's how it felt to me it's not necessarily there that's just how it felt to me i i can't quite get a grasp on how this made me feel like i am southern born and bred and this i i don't know i don't this isn't what we would ask our grand like people if they remember kind of thing, unless it's something that it's the only proud thing that she's done in her life outside of having a family, then fine. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this other than just like this didn't feel real Southern to me. It just feels weird. I don't know. It felt like an unnecessary addition. Yeah. But, and it was, it did. And especially between, Hey, meet me here, and hey, we're having sex. So, chapter. guys, so. in chapter seventeen, Elizabeth and Caden have sex, and that's all I'm gonna say. Just kidding. No, we're not. We're gonna talk about it. <laughs> I was like, okay, because I got a lot of that. By the way, real so, quick, real quick, I think we both have to buy ourselves bags of candy corn. Because you bet eighteen, and I bet yes. fifteen. Yes, we do. So close I enough guess we'll between just have the two. Candy corn. That's okay. Yesterday I saw, um, I think it was like Sour Patch Kid candy corn Ooh, no, and I'm no. intrigued. No, 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 no. Like it sounds terrible, but I might actually have to try no. it. See, these people who put flavors into candy corn, even the chocolate and the apple stuff, it's problematic. Candy corn is already a flavor. That is an existing it is, flavor. Yes. It is that weird mallow cream that makes my teeth sing. <sighs> I'm so glad it's September. Oh my gosh. I'm actually going to buy candy corn this afternoon. I'm so excited right now. I might go do that too. I've been trying to wait for Hershey Spice, um, Hershey Kisses, Pumpkin Spice Kisses or whatever, which are my favorite thing in the entire world. Spice Latte. Hey, if anybody didn't know, Megan and I are really excited for fall. We are. (laughs) Yeah, if you are not Facebook friends with us where we are obnoxious really, about it we're, right we're now. We're acting like Jehovah's Witnesses about it. If I could go around the neighborhood and knock on everyone's door and be like, it's fall, bitches, I would. Yes. I just want my Hershey Spice pumpkin kisses. I drop them in coffee. It's like my knockoff brand of like doing a pumpkin spice latte when you don't want to go spend six bucks at 
uh, Starbucks. It's delicious. They're also wonderful on their own. Fucking put them in also, stores, please. Get this school shit out of protein. Target. Chocolate and pumpkin, you didn't know you wanted it. You do now. Eat it together. When oh, you go to Starbucks so and you get your pumpkin spice latte, you go ahead, treat yourself. Say, mm, you know what? I'm getting a grande. Can I do two pumps of pumpkin and two pumps of the mocha? Or if you're like me, one pump of mocha or pumpkin, one pump of mocha, because I don't need that kind of guilt on my conscience. I might do two pumps of pumpkin next time I go in. And then go to Trader Joe's because they'll have pumpkin butter and they'll have pumpkin pancakes and pumpkin cookies. And I'm going to get and... out in front of this for everybody. I know there's no pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte. That's why it's called a pumpkin spice latte. And if you want to hear any of my further yes, arguments, it's... I direct you to an episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour by NPR. It's called Pop Culture Punching Bags and Glenn Weldon becomes who I am on the inside defending pumpkin spice. I want pumpkin bread and oh, pumpkin, pumpkin bread donuts. with Nutella. My pumpkin bread does have Oh yeah. Oh, oh I need it. I need it. Alright, this has been your this has been your pumpkin spice break, everybody. I'm just so happy. It's almost fall. Can we get through next week? That's all. <sighs> okay. Are we sure we can't talk about any other seasonal delights before we talk about this sexy? <laughs> Okay. We gotta get so through this. So, they meet upstairs. Okay. Well, my question for you is, prior to this chapter, and we probably should have talked about this at one point, maybe we did, what kind of sex were you expecting them to have? About what happened? See, no, this threw me because they almost borderline have, like, a sub-dom starting kind of relationship. And I have expected fast and quick and against a wall. I did not expect the dirty talk, the anal play. Oh shit, that's right, the anal play. The unprotected sex aspect of it. Yeah, that was really, really unfortunate to come upon. There, There are a lot of things in this chapter that I was like... I'd be into it after a discussion with my partner or, and by partner, I mean person I'm having sex with. There is at no point been any suggestion that she'd be down for the level of dirty talk that happened. So this is, this is sort of something that goes on that this is the only, I had three really big issues with this situation. I actually, so I'll, I'll say okay. it first. The actual sex description and what happened during it, I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. This, like, works for me. Everybody talks dirty. Yeah. Everybody says weird shit during sex, and it's okay that if the next day you wake up and you're like, oh, fucking God, I can't believe I said that. That's just how sex is. Yeah. And that's a little bit of what's going on here, and I went in it, into it critically, but I thought, like, a, I tried to, like, take myself out of the fact that I'm criticizing Felina Hopkins when I'm reading this book, and thought, okay, yeah, this sex scene would have worked for me. One, the premise was that she specifically said, we need to cut this off. And he kept saying, because it was from, whose perspective was it even from? I don't remember. This is from Elizabeth. She never explicitly... Says yes? Says yes to him. And he kind of has this, well, I know what you really want attitude. Which I guess works in the context of the book, but does perpetuate a really, really harmful stereotype that leads to a lot of... Rape culture. Rape culture, exactly. And then my second issue was the 
anal play that came out of nowhere. He wasn't like, hey, can I lick, can I lick there? Can yep. I touch there? He was just like, let's do it. You shouldn't do that. They're not on, especially not the first time. Not saying that there should be surprises in sex, but it is something that should come naturally after a few dates, a few times having sex, something like that. Like, But she does ultimately consent and she is really into it. So I guess we can't really, I'm, I'm not going to get hung up on the rape culture thing just because within the context of this book, she is a consenting adult. There's some issues with the, she's his superior, but I don't know. I just thought it was, there was some. The ending was a little weird to me. All of it's weird. No, sorry. The sex is actually okay. The beginning of it and the ending of it is very strange. I have a major problem with the fact that they have unprotected sex. Yeah. Especially considering that they're both doctors and like the pullout method only works like 75% of the time. Like it's much, much lower. And like, you're both fucking doctors. You know this. Literally, you're both fucking doctors. Because... <laughs> and as much as guys are like, I know my body, you don't, you don't know your body that well. You don't. I don't know. There was something about like the turning around and pushing her against the wall and rubbing his crotch on her. It felt very dominating, which is fine. But again, there is no formal consent at first. Nor has there been anything that has led me to believe that she, this is yeah, what she Yeah, she doesn't likes. consent until she's already in that position. So she's, he's like, do you want my cock? And she's like, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it was also just like a middle of the road sex scene for the most part, though. He calls her a dirty little slut. No, a greedy little slut. The setting, I couldn't get past all the dust and tools and I was just like what there are nails laying around guys that just like I wouldn't want to be digging sheetrock dust out of my crotch for like the next week Ah, uh, the setting I was kind of into it I don't know I don't know like <laughs> part of me is like not trying to go down the route of like here's what my sex life has been like yeah, I don't want to get into that. For me, at least, within the context of reading this, I was like, okay, this kind of works for me. It would work for me if there wasn't so much mention of how dusty it was. Yeah, that actually, I didn't think about that. I didn't think through the <laughs> and how gross process it is. of that. Like, there's, and it's like, you know it's asbestos dust. <laughs> yes, there's a sex scene in Buffy where she and Spike, like, break down a building or something. And, like, that's really hot because it's not, like, this place is super dusty. There's dust everywhere. Don't get my coat dirty. It just kind of ruined the mood for me there. Yeah, yeah. Like halfway through, so she's she's bent over in front of the wall. He bites her butt. He bites her ass. She goes. He spreads my legs. I whimper in anticipation. Wires protrude from half-constructed walls. Tools are abandoned. There are fast food wrappers, sheetrock, parentheses, sheetrock, really? And everything about the grime and disarray gets me going. It's the opposite of cleanliness that pervades every aspect of our professional lives. I get what she's trying to do. Yeah, it was really, it was, it's another moment where it was like, eh, was that the time? Yeah. And then he says, you want me filling up your hot cunt until you're stretched. 
Because these are teenagers having sex, right? This was one of those things where I couldn't tell, like, I was thinking, I was like, okay, is this one of those things where it's like, you say it during sex, but like, you know, out of context, it's terrible, and I'm reading it out of context because I'm not really into this, and I think it's stupid, but I actually think that that's kind of a weird thing to say. The stretched bit. Yes. Like, I'm gonna physically alter you with fornication. Yeah. Like... Do we want to kind of rewrite this? I don't know. I <laughs> I don't think we should rewrite it. It's it's just, it goes back to that aspect of like, that a woman can have so much sex and stretch out. And thus, this is why you shouldn't marry someone who's had that much sex and all that bullshit. Like, that's kind of where my men- mind went. Where it's like, there are better ways to put this. The next bit that was weird was he says... You want it dirty? Is that what you want, you greedy little slut? And then he says a couple of other things. And then she says, say it again. He nibbles my ear, slowing the thrust and teasing me on purpose. Which part? The part I'm not supposed to like. Greedy little slut. Yeah, there's something about this aspect that started making me feel like this was turning more into like a dom sub relationship it was just weird that she was like the part i'm not supposed to like and i don't know felt like another jab at feminists but anyways yeah yeah it's like if that's what turns you on when you're you know having sex cool she also uses the term uh so i started to make a list of euphemisms for genitals and it it wasn't very good she used very middle of the road stuff but at one point she says my hungry cock i have never heard a cock referred to as hungry uh, didn't his cock, or was it someone else's cock, did something earlier, too? <laughs> All the cocks that do things. No, but it was, like, it went back to that monster thing. Like, he's a monster. Yeah. This is a little bit... weird? Like, I don't know. It makes me think of, like, like a monster. <laughs> I mean, she definitely calls it her ache at one point, too. So then he says... Oh, you like that, huh? Fuck, I'm gonna come if I stay a second longer. Don't do it inside of me. He chuckles. The fact that he chuckles in the middle of this exchange is so strange to me. It's just like, ha ha ha. I know, I know, don't worry. Slowly pulling out and wincing with the sexiest look in his eyes. I cannot imagine wincing sexily. No, I've seen it. And then there's this sentence, and I'm just gonna... Can you read the sentence and I'll tell you what put it, what it put in my mind? Are we talking about the one directly under it? Yeah. I turn around, and sure enough, there it is. The cock of the century. I'm... With his left hand. Oh, that you're good. was it. You're good. It's just the cock of the century was what I was, I was like... I rolled my eyes very hard. I was like... almost kind of into it, and then he was like, there it is, the cock of the century. And all I could imagine was, it made me think of, like, 21st Century Fox and the opening thing, and just the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> and then just but like instead of the searchlights they're like like the bat signal but with penises oh my god cock of the century who has the cock of the century Caden cocker apparently so then he has the tissue thing he like he comes she, this was another bit where he was like, iridescent liquid scroots, or scoots, scroots, shoots out of his crimson mushroom-shaped tip. <laughs> can we not call it that? Okay, like, can we just... thank you. First of all, the color, something's wrong. Yep. 
Crimson. I mean, I understand bodies turn different colors. Crimson is yep. intense. Yep. That's, like, dangerous. And stop calling it a mushroom-shaped tip. I get what she's getting at. Just stop. But we don't need to bring fungus into this. Yep. Um. So then he has a bunch of napkins. He cleans himself off. He hands them to her. He's like, I brought them for you. They're tissues. Napkins would have made more sense. Napkins would have been like, oh, I shoved these in my pocket after eating dinner. <laughs> that would have been so good if he said that. Be like, yeah, man, I ate Sloppy Joe's last night. <laughs> I'm just like, I had dinner. I shoved these napkins in my pocket. I really wish he had produced like a whole roll of paper towel and handed them over. It's like brawny. <laughs> The, the quicker, thicker, picker-upper. No, that's Bounty. Sorry. Here's Bounty. The thicker, quicker, picker-upper. I stare at the well-timed offering. You had these in, for a patient? Okay. I don't know. Part of me is like, if you're going to have tissues in the your pocket, commit to the bit. Patients cry. So yeah, it would make sense that they would be in this pocket. There's something about this line that just... About this entire aspect of it. Like, I get it. Finishing on the outside, whatever. But then he's so mean about it. Like, she was like, you had them with you? And he goes, brought them for you. In case you started to cry when I said that's the last time we'll fuck. It was just, it was. Again, it feels like the start of some, like, dom-sub relationship that nobody even hinted that they wanted. Yeah, and there's a little bit more, like, back and forth. But she's also the one that's saying, like, this is going to happen one time. And he's saying, no, it's, like, this is not just a one-time thing. And so that line is even more out of place. It's just really, really strange. The whole thing was a little strange. And then, to make it weirder, we just go back to patient drama. Part of me really wonders, like... Is there a part of the hospital where they just have condoms out? Or is that just colleges? That's not what it's making me wonder. That was just the thought I just had was like, do they have a jar of condoms somewhere? But also, like, I feel like the Cocker family should just carry condoms. Yeah, if your last name's Cocker. Yeah. But also, like, two doctors should not be having, like, of anybody, two doctors should not be having unprotected sex the first time. While on the clock. Also while on the clock, yes. But especially, like, not the first time. Get yourself checked. They're just, I hate it so much. And then they leave separately, and he runs into Dr. Pivens, who we get an introduction to, to point out that he won't gossip. But yeah. he points out that Caden, for all of his suavity, left lipstick all over his face. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen Dr. Pivens before. He's essentially Elizabeth's other half. He pops up when Elizabeth. Needs to get away from the scene. She's like, Dr. Pivens, do this. Okay, fine. We Cool. We get a little bit more. But he's also not. He's definitely helped out in the ER. But then it's also like, no, he's really an oncologist. Yeah, I don't really exactly know what's happening. But we go back to Scylla, the box of chocolates girl. And they have a weird talk in which Scylla is like, I, think, I don't think we should be afraid dated this crappy guy forever but now i'm not afraid to die and i feel like everybody would be better if we weren't afraid and it's like this could be a moment where it's like caden's like realizing he should be with elizabeth but we're only like halfway through this book and so far that doesn't really seem to be like on theme yeah no it this 
It's a very weird chapter, mostly because Scylla is like 25 at the oldest. Yeah. And maybe only 23. So she's not kid like too young and she's not old enough to be spouting wisdom old. And it's and then she also admits that she has a crush on him. That's another baffling thing. He meets her mom. Like, is he going to start dating her? He meets her mom. Her mom's like, yeah, Scylla's a really special girl. Scylla's not responding to the um, treatment. And then at the end, it's like, so he meets her mom, Kathy. And Kathy's like, yeah, she's a special girl. Um, It was nice meeting you. You too. As I head away, I hear the door opening and glance back as Kathy disappears. Frowning to myself, I make note of how similar in age she is to my mom. Of course, this gets me thinking of Lexi and Sam. And I send a quick prayer out to keep them safe, just in case anyone up there is listening. It's weird. This chapter makes no sense. And that's that's where we leave it this week. Yeah. I don't get... I, is it just supposed to show them having sex and going straight back to work? I guess. I'm just not sure. I, I Well, maybe we'll find out in the next chapter. I don't think we do. I feel like these chapters almost exist solely by themselves. Yes, even though... Because it's like, you know what? It is almost like she sat down and went, today I'm going to write roughly 600 words. And that's going to be chapter, what are we on, chapter 18? And I'm never going to look at it again. And that's what this kind of felt like. Which is how I write, but I'm not a published author. (laughs) It's how I write first drafts. There's nothing wrong with that. But... The whole point is you go back and edit and make a cohesive story. And this is just not at all. Well, I guess that's where we leave it. Yeah, I... Because we've actually... I've given up, like, expecting anything of her. And even though we did finally get to the sex scene, it was really disappointing. And I don't really... It's like... It's funny. It's it's really funny, honestly. Like these dumb, melodramatic, you can just like see the daytime <laughs> television lighting. These scenes are really funny, but they're also, it's it's upsetting to me that she's written 18 books. And if this is her getting better, I don't even know what we would have encountered in Cocky Roommate. That's, yeah, I am tempted to go back and read Cocky Roommates. As we are finally getting into sex... I really just want to point out at no point are we trying to kink shame anybody. It's just, especially here, it doesn't necessarily make sense. I think the thing that's important to put in there is there needs to be some sort of like content declaration when it comes to things like this, because almost everybody reads romance novels, reads erotic novels, and is looking for something specific. And there could be people out there who don't want this. I didn't realize they were getting into it. So we'll be back next week, probably just with some chapters. Yeah, we'll probably do a bigger chunk because we, we've got kind of politics heavy this time. Probably what, 19 through 22? Yeah, I think that sounds good. Or 18 through 22 because we finished. No, we read 18. See, that's the thing. All these chapters just blend together. Today, Meg was like, we're reading 15, right? And I was like, <laughs> no, nah, we read that last week, believe it or not. <laughs> Um, yeah. maybe we'll actually get some character development and some, bro- like, actual, you know, romance that makes the sex scenes feel earned, but probably not. I'm so disappointed. And I don't know why I feel so disappointed. such high hopes. Like, 
I guess I did. You were, you were probably thinking the same thing I was, which is like, look, she doesn't make her money because she's a great, like, dramatic writer. Maybe I'm holding romance readers to high standards of, like, I don't need a full background on someone, but just anything to connect. Like, I guess maybe these books. No. Okay. Either you want a book just so you can kind of get off of it. So you can get turned on, go sleep with your partner or, you know, pull out your favorite toy or what, anything like that. This pacing doesn't help with that because it's been 17 chapters before we get yeah, sex. It, it feels like it's a, she, she has dreams of grandiose and having a larger, like, right. Narrative, but she's just not doing a good job establishing it. Yeah. So theoretically we've read about 103 pages of this book. That's a long time to finally get sex. So it's definitely not the quick down and dirty kind of book. But it is also not like a, yeah, we don't have much character development at all. Do we even know why Kanan became a doctor? Not yet. Maybe they'll tell us. Like. I got nothing. Yeah. I mean, I know why, but it's because I watched a video of him saying it and I was like, oh, that's news. What was it? His grandfather got sick, and they threw a lot of lingo at them, and nobody understood it. And so thus he became a doctor. Oh, that's kind of a dumb reason to be a doctor, but... Yeah. I'm sorry if you're just as disappointed as we are. I don't know why I'm disappointed. I, I, I expected this to be better than Handbook for but Mortals. it's kind of not... Except at least Handbook for Mortals seem to be having fun. Yes. It's a lot of staring into space and at cards and doing nothing. But at least it's fun. So on that somber note. See you next week. Do you have anything you want to, you want to plug, Meg? Oh yeah, I do host three other (laughs) podcasts. You can go check them out. Fabulous Retellings is doing Baba Yaga. Woo! Uh, judging book covers is reading the casual vacancy by jk rowling Woo! and we are we just released yeah by the time this comes out book seven of animorphs will be back will be out which is oh shit my all-time favorite book so what about you anything to plug not a whole lot to be honest um i will say that everybody should go join our facebook group the handbook for judging fabulous retellings covers Add us on Twitter. We're Handbook yeah. Podcast. I'm Andel was like. Meg is Meg Griffin with three G's in the middle. And yeah, that's about it. Find us. Love us. Talk to us. Write us some fan fiction. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, Meg. Bye. <laughs>